Welcome everybody to the Collateral Damage Podcast once again. Um, today we have a very special guest, and Maureen, I understand that this is a friend of yours. Yeah, I feel very lucky to have become friends with um, Mandy McGowan, who is, um, as a lot of people may remember her from this one moment in time, probably the worst moment in her life when she um, overdosed in a dollar store in mm. Massachusetts with her daughter with her. And that, wow. um, yeah, and and three people, and this is the part that every time I say it, you would think that... You could say something enough that you would take the sting out of it, right. but every single time I say it or think about it, I all I can think about is the fact that three people stood by with their phones out and, and videoed it and shared that video on Facebook and other places while her daughter tried to wake her up and while she struggled to be, you know, to stay alive. Right. <clears throat> and I just don't understand that. And when um when I, and i can't, i would say when i first saw it but i've seen the first few seconds of it because i refuse to watch anything like that yeah. because i can't imagine why anybody would want to watch that it serves no purpose it doesn't educate it just shows somebody at the worst moment in their life right and, and uh i think by watching it we just say it's okay so i've never watched the video but i um was very upset and um was um took would not allow that to be the video on magnolia or any of our uh facebook sites and i was well, just I wish, very upset i wish that was more common i mean i actually just saw there was a, a female gymnast um that had a traumatic uh experience during one of her performances where she broke both of her legs in an extremely uncomfortable and traumatic way and and it was obviously videotaped and you know it was being shared all over the internet and she came out publicly and she was like please don't share my video my pain is not your entertainment you know, exactly. and I, it was it, that that was amazing to hear. And I mean, I don't know. I, no, good I have, for her. I saw the video kind of like by accident scrolling through my, my Instagram feed. It was like a meme. Um, and obviously it was terrible. I didn't even think it was real. Uh, and I definitely didn't think it was current. And, you know, then I saw the video come out where she was suggesting, you know, please don't watch my video. Right. Please stop sharing it. My family is watching this like my friends are watching this i don't want to relive my pain over and over again in your social media feed it's what not entertainment with, i mean what is wrong with people i just don't understand i really don't understand and i know that there's some small group of people that thinks that this is educational that mm. this is what happens people that are at that low point in their lives that is not helpful. It, right. It's not educating anybody. We already know people are dying. We already know it's happening in, in very public and awful ways and that children are suffering. We don't mm -hmm. need that. And it, you know, it just doesn't help. It just makes somebody feel more worthless and more unhappy and more likely to use drugs, actually. Yeah. What are the odds so, that you, you videotape somebody overdosing and then you show them the video and that's why they stop? They stop because of, because of the cumulative pain. They stop because of the experience. They stop because they want a better life. Not because you got a dramatic shot of them in an overdose scenario. Well, you know? in the small town that I was living up until recently, um, two young people came upon doing a summer job, came upon a woman that had overdosed and was very, very close to death. And they called the police mm -hmm. and then they videotaped it and then they shared it on Facebook. Wow. So this is this this even as an adult, you think this has is not damaging anybody. You're, this is your your children's reaction to perfectly good good kids i mean they were having a, they were doing a summer job mm -hmm. in in a town program so this is not you know this is like your every kid and that was their reaction we've got to start thinking about um 
what's right and what's wrong instead of just what was going to get us more likes and shares on Facebook. <laughs> right, right. Which, which, so. which we like for our show, but we're not going to show you these videos right. because it would be terrible. No, you know, I mean, the, I guess, uh, you know, I, I look at it and you and I've talked about this, you know, why we have this, this name for our show collateral damage. And I think that these are the scenarios that people don't think about. These are the, the stuff that's left behind. This is the <laughs> collateral damage. You know, this is after the thing that happens, what's left. And what's right. left for these people that are videotaped is that, that, that it's shame, it's stigma. Um, you know, it forever changes their name. They're forever stuck with this by certain people. You know, especially if it's it's posted and shared, um, it, it's out there. You know, and and I think, um, you know, recently, probably a few weeks ago, John Oliver did a, a, a show on his uh, last week tonight, and you know, he was he had um, uh, uh, what was the woman there with Clinton? Um, why can't I think of her name now? <laughs> oh, I oh my gosh! Come on, uh, everybody knows her name. Why don't Ma- we know her name? Monica Mono, Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky. Lewinsky, and just Lewinsky. saying that name, Monica Lewinsky, right? Right. It brings about everything that she went through. But who was Monica Lewinsky? Is she the Clinton incident? Of course not. You know, she's a person. She had a life before that. She had a life after that. And most people, you know, don't think about what happened since then. And he did this great show where he interviewed her and talked about. You know, she thought about changing her name. Um, you know, she uh, uh, thought about relocating. She went through all these different uh, uh, scenarios of how to escape the shame of the experience that was so publicly put out there. And I mean, that's a different scale, and I'm not comparing right. the two. But you know, definitely, you, know, you come you come out of something like this, and you're like, what am I going to do to fix this? How do I stop this from being the rest of my life? Well, I mean, I think everybody, to a smaller extent, can think about a one awful, horrible time in their life and imagine if everybody got to say it. I mean, mm-hmm. this is just, this is inhuman is what it is, but and it makes me really angry. But I was um, very angry publicly and yeah. somebody put me in touch with Mandy at that time and I was able to help her get into treatment. So um, we, which she couldn't do because she lived in New Hampshire, she couldn't get on a, on a waiting list. Right. Um, they wouldn't treat her in Massachusetts, which is where she overdosed because she's a New Hampshire resident. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just all this ridiculousness. And, and so you were uh, able to help her. You were able mm-hmm. to get her into treatment after this incident, right? Yeah. And I became, then I became, you know, got close with her and became friends with her and watched her do uh, an amazing job of coming out of this, despite the fact that she was haunted mm-hmm. and tracked down by news cameras and Ugh. had websites made about her and, um, Oh, my God. She would go, was trying to get her daughter back, but her daughter was in New Hampshire. She was in Massachusetts. I mean, the whole thing was just such a nightmare. And throughout the whole process, she kept her, she continued to try to get well. And now tried to get well and tries to help other people, too, Mm -hmm. which is who she always was. This is the person she always was. She's always been a good person who made a very very bad choice right and well, that's, um that's what we are we're not our choices you know we're not the incidents that, that that that's not what makes us up you know i'm not the last bad thing i did that could have been caught on video and neither is oh, she oh god 
Let's hope not. Yeah, you know, <laughs> let's I'm hope I'm not. Because, yeah, well, let's, I don't want to yeah. think about the last bad thing I did that could have been on video. Nobody does. And, and you know, right. I think to be constantly reminded of it is just, it's torturous. So Right. So I feel really good about the giving her the opportunity to talk because nobody really cares what she had to say after that. You know, they just wanted right. to keep bashing her. And, and they don't want to know um, where she is now, right? Like, where, did, no. did this? Did she change her life? Did she get well? People don't want that. They want the trauma. It, they want that. That. Craziness. There would be no no real interest in her unless she overdosed again, and then everybody would be out with their phones and they'd be curious again. But you know, do they want to hear the good story? Do they want to hear, um, you know, all that she's accomplished since well, then? Well, we're going to do what nobody else did. We're going to videotape her and we're going to talk to her about what she's done since then and how she put her life back together. Correct. Yes, and I'm awesome. I couldn't be happier to have her here. Me as well. Well, here's our interview with Manny McGowan. Hope you enjoy. Uh, so I understand, Maureen. So you have a special uh, a special friend, somebody that you're very familiar with here today. And um, you know, I know I know our goal is to talk about um, the stigma. Yeah, I'm. Um, you know, so Mandy. Um, really was sucked into all of this and got all, you know, became a public figure, not wanting to. In the very beginning, it seems to me, or I hadn't heard about it, when people started taking their cameras out and filming people overdosing or um, dying, basically, where I, I don't think that, you know, 10 years ago that that would have been seen as okay. I don't know what's happened in this, um, in the world that that is now seem is it, that people seem to think that that's the answer to a tragedy is to pull out your phone and um and film the situation but she unfortunately was um one of the first per people that i had seen um that was filmed overdosing and um you know then her, her whole world i know her whole world got turned upside down because i was there and um but she up until now hasn't spoken to anybody about it she did an okay. interview with the new york times but she hasn't really spoken to any mm. anybody about what that experience did in her life so mm. i'm really very very happy to have mandy here today hopefully well, she can explain to other people what this has done to her absolutely well let's welcome mandy hi mandy thank hi. you for joining us today um i know that uh, it's very nice of you to take some time to, to to share your story here today and to to help us understand um, you know, your experience and, and how you how you were on the receiving end of this as an involuntary participant or victim, uh, if you will, um, and, and how this yeah. has had an impact on you and your life. So um, now is is this uh, when did this happen? Uh, how, how long ago was this experience? September 18, 2016. Wow. A while ago. And I, I mean, I more into your point. I mean, I, I, I remember. I remember seeing a lot of these scenarios where people were, and I don't even, I don't even really know when it happened. It must've been around that time, a few years yeah. ago that, you know, all of a sudden they just started popping up on social media. It was, you know, a video on Facebook. It was a, uh, you know, a snapshot of two people, uh, nodded out or overdosed in a, a vehicle, you know, with a kid in the backseat, or there was people on a park bench asleep in their lap or falling backward. And, um, you know, I know at the time, I can just be honest and think back. I mean, I was like, oh, man, I remember that. And I, I felt bad for them. But I never thought about the the lasting impact, you know, that that snapshot or that video would have on the individual that was in it. I can honestly say I wasn't thinking about it at the time. I was just watching it and um, and experiencing it like everybody else. 
You know, I think there's this like uneducated um, idea that this will show how bad everything is, and I don't think it does that at all. I mean, if you're read the newspaper you know how bad everything is this just exploits people and i think that unfortunately because i've gotten to know you mandy that you're a lovely person who loves her children very much and made mistakes and made mistakes a lot of people made unfortunately there was somebody there that instead of helping their first reaction was to um take out their cell phone and film it, which still to this day, anybody that knows me, all you have to do is bring this up and my blood pressure goes through the roof. It's become like our little joke between each other about how crazy upset I get every time I even talk about it. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, what what was, what was, what's the aftermath of this like for you? You know, for a long time, I thought like, I felt like my identity was taken from me. Um, it was the hardest thing to, I didn't have any clue what treatment was like. So I entered this whole new world Mm. of what treatment was trying to stay sober, going to court dates, the media, the microphones in my mouth, you know, then with their cameras. And it was just, it was the hardest thing to try and stay sober, stay in treatment, knowing that I was all over the world. I was in every magazine, news channel, talk show, website. And at the end of the day, it's like my children had to see this. Mm. And that's what was the hardest part is that my kids would have to see this video for as long as it's going to be out there. And my children didn't deserve that. And then it's like people around the world were the cruel things that they said about me. And I was able to have my phone after a while going into the sober houses and stuff. And I would look it up and look it up and look it up and that kept me from growing for so long because I would read all the comments and it was hurtful, 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 hurtful things. And then it's like, you question yourself, why am I staying sober? Will I ever get my kids back? The whole world has their view on me and it was just, it's hot. My name's everywhere, my name is everywhere. And it's just, it's, it's hot. It's hot. You've been, you've, your whole person has been associated with that one moment in time. Yep. Yep. Right. But that nobody knows that. How many years ago is that? Three? Two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. And, and you're sober. Yep. And you do wonderful things in the community. Absolutely. But nobody knows that. Well, the people that took their time to get to know me do. Yes. But other than that, no. No, but they haven't followed up with that big news story, right? Yeah, exactly. That's not the post that everybody's commenting on is, is where did that take somebody? Where did that, where did that incident that everybody was so interested in watching and commenting on and having personal opinions and judgments about, you know, that there was no, uh, it's what's on the other side. What did that lead to? And, you know, how can, how can people then, you know, give the post of it's amazing that you went from here to there. Like, you know, that this was the beginning of your journey. I mean, on my darkest day, uh, prior to getting well, if somebody had caught a snapshot of me, I imagine it would be uncomfortable for me to see. Uh, it would probably be something that people would have some pretty negative comments to say. And, you know, while you were talking, I was just trying to think about if if that was me. Um, you know, if I was put in that position and, you know, I was reading those comments and people were making those comments knowing nothing about me, nothing about yeah. the work I'd put in and how how sad I was about that day, but how proud I was of the work I'd put in since then, you know, 
or or not even anything about the lack of treatment that was available to her before that day yeah so it's not like and even after that day we had to what like it was it was insanity trying to get you into any form of treatment at all she wound up detoxing um without without a detox so i mean just to be able to get into treatment to be able to try to get her daughter back or some kind of visitation with her daughter Mm -hmm. And so you're, I understand you're actively involved now. I mean, you're, you've, you've taken on to, you know, volunteer efforts and, you know, trying to make a difference in this, correct? I mean, you're, you're actively involved in certain things. Absolutely. Every single day, every day. And what does that look like for you? Um, anything I can do to help anybody that's in, horrible situation that doesn't have anybody to help them right i'm always going to be there because i've been in that situation and you know a couple years ago i didn't have that insight on it like i was the one who pointed the finger and stuff until it happened to me but but it's like you know there's no help out there there's Mm -hmm. no help and it's like you know it's not that hard to be nice to somebody or to ask them if they're okay or that you love them or put a smile it's like that helps me in so many ways that keeps me sober every single day to know that i was able to just be a friend to somebody hmm. aren't you working in uh, boston too i volunteer you volunteer and what were you doing in, what were you doing in the volunteer duties i would um go out with the outreach team on mass ave in that area and go pick up the dirty needles um um, transport people to treatment, um, help serve them their lunch, just be their friend, check up on them, um, take them to the crisis center. If they were going into treatment, go through donations to get them some clothes. It just basically just being there for them. Just being a human being. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got to know you and I would say that right from the beginning that that's the person that you've always been. You may not have always, you may not have, you know, always done that, but you were always that person. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We, we were talking uh, um, earlier, you and I, Maureen, and, and you know, mentioned the um, the definition of recovery. Um, you know, as I was hearing it from Russell Brand in his book Recovery, he he broke it down to less less about you know recovering the life you had before substance use, but recovering the life that you could have had. And you know, I almost look at that as like the person I was inside got to come out again. You know, right. and, and and that. I know my mother kept looking at me like, I didn't raise you like this. <laughs> you know, she instilled great values in me. You know, she she had a nice moral compass that pointed in the right direction. And she told me to point mine there, too. And I had that, except I lost it during that period of time. It didn't mean it wasn't there. Right. And, you know, when when I when I meet people in recovery, when I meet people like like Mandy, who have had, you know, really difficult experience and then come back out of it and they have this amazing level of compassion and understanding and empathy that's who was there all along, you know, these aren't, yeah. you know, and, and these snapshots, these videos, these whatever, they, they give this um, soul free snapshot where you can say anything you want, you can make any judgments that you want about that person, but it doesn't capture the essence of that person. It says nothing of their humanity and who they are, just that you, you can judge them. That's a bad person. Look at that picture of them doing that thing instead of a good person going through a really bad experience and seeing them as the human being they are and what they're capable of. And it's just, you know, there's there's 
no way to fight it except for those photos not to exist, (laughs) you know, for people not to take them in the first place. Because, you know, I mean, I I, I can't imagine a scenario. And this is just me now, me today, maybe me at a past time, it would have been different. But I can't imagine a scenario where I would be walking by and see somebody struggling with the symptoms of substance use, right? With the symptoms of a substance use disorder and and videotape it instead of take an action. <laughs> yeah. You know, as a human being, I, I don't know. That's like if I saw somebody drowning, would I pull out my video camera and film it? Which, I, exactly. if I'm not mistaken, a few years ago, a few boys did and actually ended up getting charged with something because of it. They were filming it instead of helping. See, that's what I never understood. And I know you feel the same, Andy. Is the, What were those people thinking that were standing there filming and not comforting your daughter or comforting that's what you? Gets me. Yeah, it just blows yeah. my mind is how yeah. callous. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, that that's the thing that always kind of shocked me is that somebody could stand there and not help because let's you didn't you didn't have a sign on you i'm overdosing you could have been in any kind of um you know distress they didn't know what was going on but yeah. their first their first urge was to not help you not help your daughter but to film it yeah. right yeah i mean there's uh, I, I think um i think there's definitely a, a a culture that's being built where if you can find content that people will look at you can get likes you can get comments you can get shares you can get all that stuff and people will do really weird things to get themselves on the internet but capturing something like that is is gold to those people you know and that's that's predator that that's that's terrible <laughs> you know that's that's preying on people's weaknesses and then trying to monetize it through likes and comments and shares and that's just that's i just can't i can't palette that right now as bad as that is, is the people that watch it. And I will say that I still have not seen it. Me I either. have not. I, I, I refuse to watch it. And I think that that is kind of our only defense against things like that is to refuse to watch it, not well, share it, not look at it, refuse. Mm-hmm. And any, I mean, anybody that even put that up on their Facebook, I deleted because I don't want to know people that will watch that. Right. So, I mean, that's my, the way I can fight that's the only thing i can do for that you know to fight back against that well they did that with the uh new zealand shooter recently you know yeah. that that they uh he had a the gopro <laughs> you know when he why are we and, surprised yeah he why, went in and did the thing surprised yeah he, he went in and did the thing and then within you know uh, moments the 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 video was being streamed a million plus times um yeah. and it was out there and you know they were trying to just stop it and, and i haven't seen it i haven't seen it posted i haven't seen it shared and you know i think to a certain extent maybe the initial rush of people watching it happened but then ultimately it was i, I haven't seen anything else from it it's not out there anymore and i think more and more we're becoming aware i think uh and and hopefully conversations like this or terrible experiences like that are helping people understand that that's not the right way to deal with this is to to videotape it and put it out there so everybody can see it. But, you know, there's a, have you ever seen the show intervention? You guys have watched that show? Yeah. No, no, Uh, Mandy, you've seen it. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's actually, you know, as a person in recovery myself, it's really hard to watch that show because I would say the first, not the first half of it when they're doing the, you know, the quote documentary part of it where they're following this person around and watching them use, you know, they, they are, (laughs) in fact, that's why I won't watch it. (laughs) But it's very similar. I mean, it's a comparable scenario. Not that yeah. these people aren't voluntarily participating, but 
you know, their, their image of, you know, being high, you know, they're showing them completely knocked out. They're showing them hammered. They're showing them saying and doing absolutely ridiculous things. I mean, that platform was there, you know, that precedent was set years ago when that was starting to air on A and E and it just became Mm -hmm. an acceptable thing for people to see. And then it was like, Oh, I'm seeing that stuff in my neighborhood. I should film that, you know, and, and I'm not saying that that's the cause. Please don't, please don't make that connection for me. But um, I am just saying it's a very familiar thing for me is because I saw it there. You know, I saw people under the influence, knocked out, you know, using meth, acting very foolish. And it's televised. People want to see it. I mean, I, I think we learned with the D.A.R.E. program that ex- that talking about drugs, the effect they have on the, showing those things, that doesn't help anybody. You know, this is not something that keeps people from using drugs or it makes them decide to go to treatment by seeing other people in terrible situations. No. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't help. And I think that we talk a lot about collateral damage. The damage that was done to you was terrible, but the people that really suffered were your children, you know, innocent, completely innocent children. So anybody that says that there's some, some helpful part of this would have to probably ask your children if this was helpful 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So what, I mean, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you felt like this had taken your identity, that this had owned you. Um, and, you know, I'm curious to hear how how you've worked through that or how you've gotten to the other side of that or how you've come to terms and accepted what happened and moved moved beyond that. Um, I wouldn't mind if you'd share a little bit about that. Um, I'm proud of who I am today. I'm very proud of who my name is, what my name is, how far I've come. I know I'm a good person. I know I'm a good mother. I was a good mother. I made some horrible choices. Um, But I'm not going to hide from what happened. It happened. I got help. Um, I'm grateful to be alive. And I'm not going to let that situation control my life anymore. Mm. I did something about it, and I continue to, to do something about it every single day. I'm a grateful recovering addict, and I'm Andy McGowan, and I love it. I'm just not going to hide from that anymore. I love it. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. Well, it's been like an unbelievable pleasure to watch you you get through this to the other side and, and know the person that you are. Every one of us, every one of us goes through a certain amount of trauma in our mm-hmm. in our active addiction, you know, while we're out there. And I've had I've I've had my name in the paper. Um, I've had my community, my, my whole community, the same community I got well in is the community I was sick in, which means that everybody in my community got to experience my symptoms to one degree or another. My family, my yeah. friends, the community, the police department, everybody. And getting well, if I was if, if I was trapped under the weight of my own shame, I never would have got well. And what you just said, you know, I'm, I'm a proud, I'm, I'm grateful, I'm proud of my name. I love that. I absolutely love that because that's that's the place if if we're going to get well if people are going to get well and get beyond the trauma and damage that we experience while we're active that's it right there get proud own it be okay with the fact that you had symptoms related to an illness that was somewhat out of your control and that once it was identified you addressed it once you had a chance once you knew Mm -hmm. what was available what did you do you changed your life you you did it you did the thing you know i mean if this was if we were having a conversation two and a half years later and you were still actively using 
I don't know that we'd be having that same conversation right now about that one particular experience because there'd be more, they'd be compounded. But this was the thing. This was the catalyst that shouldn't be seen as a negative in your life. It should be seen as the positive that brought you back. And it wasn't shared that way. It wasn't discussed that way. There wasn't an opportunity for people to comment on that as the beginning of your journey into recovery. It was you were identified as that shameful moment. That's just so sad for me, you know. Well, I'm sorry that you went through that, but I am so, so very happy to hear that you are where you are today and so very grateful to have you share it with us today. So, It's pretty amazing. I don't know, Mandy, if you could do or say if there was one thing that you that you could change about this whole situation or going forward, I mean, what, what would you tell people that maybe are picking up that camera while somebody's um, overdosing? Pick up the phone and call 911 or you know, to help them stand by their side, let them know that you're there. If they're unconscious, still stay by their side, get help there. You know, that's someone's sister, daughter, brother, husband, wife, child, you know, it could be anybody. And it's just not okay. That's not helping them. It's not helping them at all. And if you haven't been through it, you really shouldn't speak on it either. That's a good point. That's a good point. I've seen a lot of people talking recently about, you know, if we're going to have conversations about how to address this particular issue, the people who are going through it need to to have a seat at the table, right? Yeah. So she really amazes me because this is, as we both know, hard enough to accomplish um, sobriety um, and to pull your life together and to start in a different direction and go back to school and, and, you know, do good things. If no one's watching, but when you have people, you have to live this huge thing down. Mm. You've had so many traumatic things happen in your own life because of that one event. And you also, um, you know, that people are waiting for her to fail, you know, they've kind of, and I I mean, I just think she's pretty amazing. I agree. I, I agree. Absolutely. I mean, that was Obviously, it was great to hear from her. I know she hasn't had a real chance to talk about this publicly since it happened. So, I mean, you know, having the opportunity to share her experience of, you know, going through that struggle, facing that adversity, you know, uh, which let's be honest with you. I mean, that that probably could have kicked a lot of people right back into their substance use. You know, that could have kicked people right back in and said, you know what, it's not worth it. Nobody's going to believe me anyway. Nothing's going to get better. It's always going to be this hard. You know, those are the types of things that can really you know, diminish the results for somebody who uh, could get well, you know. Plus, all, it, it, I mean, and that's only half the, tra- the, the the trauma that she's experienced in the last couple of years because of all of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, we didn't even get into that. Not, and well, it's the, so- the toll it takes on the family, you know, children. It, it's like, and how deep do you go? Like we talked about this, and I think in our, our intro, you know, how deep are we going to go with this, that this impacts everybody, whether you think it does or it doesn't. Yeah. So. Well, I don't know. If I have a... T- Nobody better film anything in front of me. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go in and just swat the camera out of their hands. You know what I mean? Oh, well, gosh. It, it, I think it also comes down to like, what are you going to do with it? You know, I mean, why are you recording this and what are you going to do with it? What's your intention? You know, and, and I yeah. think it's there's a difference between, you know, documenting events, which I think some people do for, um, you know, for justifiable reasons. Like you might document an accident. Um, or you might document a crime scene, or you might document an incident to protect yourself from legal repercussions or something like that. But, you know, to walk up to a situation like that, and, you know, I like, 
I like the answer to, you know, what would you do? What would you say? And it's like, just don't, you know, help the person. Yeah. Don't videotape them, you know, right. like, do, do right. something or, about it. Or at least help her daughter. You know, that's yeah. something I can never get my head around. But I, I think that we as you would hope that this is a relatively small um, part of the population that would do something so despicable and, and just crappy. Yeah, and you would hope. That, and that is people, we hope that if there's not, there's only a small percentage that would do that, we need to be responsible by not sharing it and not watching it. Well, that's it. You know, like we said earlier, that, that uh, you know, that gymnast that, that mentioned, you know, my pain is not your entertainment. I mean, that, right. that just kind of echoes in my mind and, you know, that's basically the purpose of this interview was to, to help people understand that somebody else's pain is not your entertainment. These are people. These are human beings. These are lives. These are, you know, you don't know the person. You don't know about their journey. You don't know right. about their day. You don't know what they're going through. And, you know, most of these people definitely don't know where she is now. Right. <laughs> nobody, nobody followed the case. You know, nobody was interested once it became you know, less about the overdose and more about somebody getting well. I don't hear well, the... No, and certainly all interest was lost when she started to do well. Exactly, exactly. I mean, how many how many success stories <clears throat> do you see on the front page? <laughs> you know, how many times is there breaking news? Somebody just got well today. And you're like, what? <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not there. So, you know, having her come on and share the story was really, uh, it was uplifting. And I think for anybody that's listening, that's, you know, uh, wondering about, you know, what you can do, uh, you know, if you're ever in that situation, like we said, just, you know, put down your camera and help, you know, uh, connect with the human there. There's a human being that's suffering. This is an illness. This is something that's taking toll on a large population of people. And it's, it's a plague and it, it definitely needs to be addressed, but it needs to be addressed with kindness and compassion. It needs to be dressed, addressed with humanity and definitely not by filming people and shaming them on social media for having an illness. Absolutely. You know, it's like like somebody was having a, a seizure or, di you know, was in a diabetic coma. And instead of helping and calling 911, you're, you're filming it and videotaping it in the hopes that people will see how bad diabetes is. That's You know, what's the point? Yeah, that's yeah. not a thing. No one would do that. No. Well, well maybe there's a small well, population somebody, of somebody. weirdos that would do that. But... Yes, but please, let's <laughs> not share it if they do do that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're asking them not to do it. So yeah. if you're out there and you're listening and you do this stuff, cut it out. Right. Oh, boy. Well, again, this was a great interview. I'm really glad that Mandy joined us. Me too. Do we I'm have... Proud We've of got, Very proud of her. She is. Yeah. What yeah. a champion, right? I mean, yeah. in, the, in the face of adversity, getting well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'd like to thank all of our listeners for joining us today on this episode of Collateral Damage. Uh, as always, if you'd like to find out, uh, find out all the different ways that you can listen to our podcast, you can visit our website, which is www.cdpodcast.com. There are many different ways to, to, to listen and subscribe, and we encourage you to choose the one that's most appropriate for you. And as always, I would encourage our listeners to get informed. Stay connected. Thank you for joining us.